This episode of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories, like that ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date, that luxury package you got after a big promotion, or the mileage you save by riding your bike all summer long, just like they do in the opening credits of Three's Company. And while you can't put a price tag on your stories now with True Car, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell it or to trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, watch how your car's details just pop up, then answer a few questions questions navigation and moonroof watch as it bumps up your car's value high mileage you already knew it was going to cost you but now you'll know how much it's going to ding your wallet so you can plan ahead and once you're finished you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes which you could take to a local certified dealer to cash out or to trade in so when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today true cash offer is not available in all areas Robin Akito need a Comcast and it needs your help. Can you make it on the wheel? Robin Akiva need a podcast. Yeah, they buy or sell your ideas. They talk about it to your fill every weekend. Better on 10. You can guess what could be coming up next. Robin Akiva need a podcast. Yeah, that is a Right, Robin Akiva need a podcast remix, uh, <laughs> courtesy of the, the uh, great band leader Carl, affectionately known as Craigslist Carl, a man that we met out in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where my co-host and I just performed a live episode of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. They said it couldn't be done, but it was. And now here with me back in our uh, regular setup, although he is not where he usually podcasts from, the co-host of Robin Akiva Need a Comcast, the great Akiva Winokur. It's uh, it's weird podcasting without being able to see you. Yeah, I know. We haven't, we haven't done it in uh, a couple of days. So, all right, Akiva, where are you right now? I'm in my childhood bedroom. Oh, perfect. Yeah, on my uh, on my childhood bed. Do you have a classic TV in there? The kind that uh, might be seen in an episode of Room Raiders? No, I actually have a, a modern TV. It's not especially big, but it's not plugged in. I haven't bothered plugging it in. I don't know why. There's like cable in the room, uh, but there's no, I don't know. It's not plugged in. I, I, I've been watching on other TVs, but it's a pretty it's a pretty good like childhood bedroom. It's not like uh, when I when we go to my wife's house and we're, I'm like on a twin bed basically for for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, just to set things up, uh, we are going to be talking about season three, episode seven of Three's Company today, which I think should be a lot of fun. We're gonna have a guest with us in a moment, Scott Chernoff, the uh, great uh, TV writer, that the co-host of the Snakes, Rats, and Goats podcast. Uh, he's been on RHAP. Very funny guy. Uh, big. Three's Company super fan. He's going to join us to uh, talk about season three, episode seven, and the Three's Company franchise at large, Keeve. But uh, a, lo- a very uh, positive response to the uh, the trip from the people that were there and the people who uh, caught the recordings. Yeah, I don't even think it occurred to us that like, hey, if this goes well, maybe we would do it again. And now it seems like it's a lock, basically. Why wouldn't we do it again next summer or something? Yeah, you're here. You're in the United States every summer for a couple of months. We just got to like open up the Mets schedule in uh, 2020, see when uh, Marcus Stroman is pitching and then pick a city and then uh, get on out there and then put a bunch of cities on the wheel, spin the wheel of cities and away we go. Well, yeah, or a wheel bracket. I was thinking maybe we do a wheel bracket where a wheel people bracket. Pitch. 
Yeah, because then we could pick. Why not? Why not give us the choice rather than you want to be forced to be going to some city that's on our wheel? Okay, in- interesting. So live show city bracket is a topic for the wheel. Yeah, and then people will because we've already got. And don't don't send them now because we're a long way off from that. But we've already got some submissions. Hey, come to Belgium. Come to Indianapolis. Come to Austin, Texas. Do the Mets play in Belgium, people? It's possible because the Yankees played in London next year. So I think the natural progression is like France and then Belgium. So 2021, the Mets are in Belgium. Okay. All right. Uh, Akiva, anything you want to say about the uh, week in Minnesota before we start to get to Three's Company? I don't know. How is it for you? You know, we we really mostly do this stuff from afar. So we were like, you know, we weren't roommates, but we were we were floor mates and Mm -hmm. uh, what was it like getting to see like me and Chester in our natural <laughs> yes, element? I loved it. I loved it. It was so much fun. I, I had a, you know, really, a really fun week, uh, real jam packed over, you know, f- 48 or 52 hours uh, in Minneapolis. And we did a lot of fun stuff. I know a lot of people want to know, Akiva, what happened with the sleepover podcast? Yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to see the light of day. It might be. Um, I don't know how many podcasts you have out there that have just been recorded and, and never aired. But I, Very I don't few. know. Very I don't few. know. I'm not saying it will never air, but I, I don't think there's a air date uh, yeah. scheduled for it. OK, I have a, a suggestion and maybe mm-hmm. for the wheel that, uh, that not to put the sleepover podcast on the wheel, but to put a oral history of the sleepover podcast on the wheel. OK. All right. Well, let's think when about we get to the mailbag. I'll, I'll uh, I got consider. a couple of ideas. Sure. OK. All right. All right. So are, are you ready to bring in Scott? Yeah, let's let's bring in Scott and talk three. Well, three is company. We need a third. All right. I'm very excited to bring in our guest today to talk about three's company, of course, that you know him from uh, many TV writing credits, a recurring voice on Rick and Morty. And of course, the Snakes, Rats and Goats podcast. Please welcome Mr. Scott Chernoff. Scott, how are you? Hey, Rob and Akiva. How are you? I'm good. We're very excited to have you here. Very excited to uh, make this all uh, come together. We were in Minnesota. It came up on the wheel, season three, episode seven. We figured out it was Three's Company. And one of our listeners, Nina Stoddard, said, you got to get Scott Chernoff. (laughs) He is a Three's Company super fan. I said, you're right. You're right. God bless you, Nina. Well, I am I'm always ready and honored and excited to talk about the greatest sitcom in television history. Good. Three's Company. So excited to talk about this franchise cuz Akiva, you know almost nothing about Three's Company, right? I'm confused why it's such a blind spot because people seemed excited that we we're talking about it and I don't think I like I'd heard of the name but I certainly didn't know the premise or anything about it or who starred in it until we oh started doing our research here. I don't know oh, if Akiva. it's an it's a Kiva thing or <laughs> if it has completely been lost to history. No, I, I don't know. You know, when I was a kid, it was on. I'm not, I, I guess it must have been airing new episodes when I was a kid. But I remember it was on like in the afternoon. And Scott, I really I, my parents didn't want me to watch it. It was uh, very, you know, too racy. Right. Company. Yeah, it was in one of those shows. I, I'm not sure how I got away with watching it because I remember I used to watch it with my grandmother, who loved it, and she wouldn't let me watch Soap, which was on a contemporary show, contemporary to that, uh, because it was too racy. But I think because on Three's Company, as perhaps we'll discuss, it's oddly chaste. It's very 
sexual and yet nobody ever has yes. sex. V- vaudevillian, would you say? Is that a, a good way to describe yeah, it's, it? It's a farce. And yeah, it was on twice a day in reruns when I was a kid and the new episode. So it was just constant. Right. But most of the jokes are sort of uh, very much like double entendre. A lot of misunderstandings where one person uh, thinks that something sexual could be going on or might be going right. on. There's something that, like alluding to something dirty in almost all of the episodes. And Akiva, this was a, a huge, huge hit, Three's Company. Well, I was uh, six months old when uh, outside of a finale, which appeared to air like way after everything else. Six months old when it went off there. And it was just never on syndication in New York ever. When I was when I was growing wow, up. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's probably really why. missed out. Yeah, but yeah. you were growing up in like the late '80s and the '90s. Uh, that uh, you know, I, I think that maybe there are some of uh, the storylines that don't, didn't always age well on Three's Company. No, I want to <laughs> watch it with my kids, but I don't even know how to explain it. I think it's a show that kids would find really funny, yeah. but it's the whole concept of it is not I. I don't even know if it hasn't aged well or it just <laughs> it hasn't aged. Yeah. It's just frozen in time. Yeah. So we have a lot of young people and people who uh, maybe have a blind spot like Akiva who might be listening and who, who don't really know what Three's company is. And so let me just uh, give you the plot real quick. Uh, Jack and, and Scott, t- stop me if I'm getting anything wrong. So Jack Tripper is you know a uh, young 20 something guy uh, and he i guess needs an apartment and is very limited on the options of where he could potentially live right. <laughs> there's only one basically one place one apartment in the whole world where he could they have an extra room and there are these two female roommates janet and chrissy and they live in in, in a building that is a uh, very puritanical for some reason and, yeah. and for some reason they, 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 I, it is a violation of their lease for a <laughs> single man to live with them but they concoct this idea that well if we tell the landlord that jack tripper is uh, a gay person then that would be okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the fine landlord at the time mr roper is very puritanical but he's okay with Jack being gay, he's not, he's very homophobic, but not to the point where Jack can't live there. He's very cheap Jack also. Was, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but if Jack was straight, he, which he is, he would not be allowed to live there because obviously they would all be having sex all the time out of wedlock and it would be insane. And it's 1976 and, and, and you can't be <laughs> having that. Akiva, did you, did that come through in the season three, episode seven that we looked at, that that's the plot of the show? Absolutely not. I knew that that was the plot <laughs> because it was explained to me, but that is not in any way addressed. In fact, I would have assumed, and I'm actually curious uh, to know the answer from you guys, that Jack appears to be in love with Janet, the, the character played by Joyce. <laughs> is that is that a major plot point in the series? It is not. No, there is never but, any any uh, any out of wedlock uh, hooking up between Jack and either roommate. No, in in the early days of the show, there was a lot of Jack trying to hook up with either roommate, Janet or Chrissy. If given the opportunity, he would happily have been with either of them. Mm-hmm. But they are virgins; they never get together. There is never a will they or won't they. 
In fact, toward the end of the series, which we're jumping very far ahead, but it's followed by another show called Three's a Crowd, where Jack moves in with a girlfriend. And there was a lot of talk that maybe her dad becomes their landlord. Oh, okay. He doesn't move in with them, but he buys the building (laughs) that they're moving into. Um, You know, it's a twist that nobody saw coming. Yeah. But uh, there was some talk that perhaps that would be Janet, or there was some disgruntlement, I think, on the part of the actress, Joyce DeWitt, who played Janet. Yeah. Because she felt... She was. She felt that what Akiva was picking up was there all the time. Okay. That really Jack and Jana belonged together, but it was never a part of the show at all. Yeah. So I want to talk about the Threes Company franchise, and maybe at the expense of not talking so much about the season three, episode seven episode that we all ended up watching. Akiva, do you feel comfortable giving out the link that we have for that episode? Because I know we got a lot of complaints from people when we gave out a link to CSI New York. Yeah, we're going to have to end up paying for everyone's like virus removal okay. if we keep doing it. There was this. also U- oh. YouTube versions yes, that Sean the Mailman had. Okay, so yeah. the name of the episode is uh, Chrissy and the Guru. That was the season three, episode seven. Uh, I will put out a link in the description and at robhaswebsite.com slash threes company. The safest link I find by the time this podcast goes up is uh, what that link will go to. If anybody wants to watch that, not mandatory because we won't spend a I, ton of time on Chrissy and the Guru. I don't understand. Nobody else besides me has the DVD set. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I just pulled out my season three DVDs. Uh, okay, well, is is it a full box set or it's just you have to buy each season? Yeah, you have to buy each season. <laughs> wow, and I, I actually have a couple random seasons, and season three is <laughs> okay. it's one of them. Uh, Scott, how much of a travesty was it that the opening theme song to Three's Company was not included in Chester's TV theme song bracket? A major travesty. That is... Yes. That's got to be the oversight of the millennium. I think so. Akiva, do you know the Three's Company theme song? I don't know it, but I I really like it now. I was unaware of it. Uh, Apparently, it's famous. I mean, when it got... um, chosen at the live show people started seeing it right away so it's yeah. clearly well known okay well, so let me yeah. let me play it for anybody who uh either has longed for it or has never heard it before here we go with a intro riding on on the beach in santa monica on a bike well, yeah as he did every day and then jack very horny guy he crashes his bike <laughs> as a cute lady is walking by can you blame him Certainly not the horniest person on the show. And starring as the Ropers. Such a weird credit. Bell and Audra Lindley. Down at our rendezvous. Little known fact, uh, guys, that song written by Joe Raposo, who wrote many of the classic songs from Sesame Street. Oh. Mm. Rubber Ducky and, uh, or maybe not Rubber Ducky, Being Green, the Sesame Street theme, tons Mm -hmm. of Sesame Street songs. 
and the Three's Company theme. I'd say that's a a career well spent. Yes, uh, great great TV theme song. And, it's a uh, it's a solid hundred seconds. Also, the intro, which is uh, <laughs> yeah, very nineteen seventy eight. Long instrumental there at the uh, at the end of the episode. So I guess uh, Scott, could could you just uh, set this up? Three's Company airs in nineteen seventy six. In instant hit, or did it build up over time like? Seinfeld that uh, Akiva and I covered? I believe, well, it, it built, but I believe it was fairly instant in that it was instantly a hit and then it just got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I think it made its way up to number one or near there for a few years. It was pretty huge and it was very controversial at the time. It was one of those shows, like you said, that people thought was too racy. I believe there were religious groups protesting. <laughs> and you look at it now. Yeah. There's nothing going on. Well, what were they protesting? That there was a person that was pretending that they were gay or that they were... Because I feel like it would be protested like for the opposite reasons today. I think it was just because it was... There was a lot of innuendo about sex. Mm -hmm. And the girls were, you know, especially Chrissy was wearing a lot of low-cut tops. Yes. Jiggling around. Mm -hmm. And the implication... It was almost like it was a bunch of Mr. Ropers protesting. They, the protests assumed that the three roommates would just be constantly at each other having sex every episode. Mm -hmm. But that was never the case. But Jack was, as you said, incredibly horny. (laughs) He wanted to, he wanted to screw any, you know, any woman he met. But I don't believe he ever succeeded in the course of the whole series <laughs> there there's some sort of possibilities that maybe he maybe he's had some experience that we never were never part of the plots that we yeah. actually saw or he has no he game was usually he was usually foiled he had some game in terms of getting dates yeah he was constantly dating Could not close no he- well a lot of blown was, saves, Akiva. Well, well, because he would often get himself into a circumstance where he had like two dates at the same time. Yes. And he had to run between both. And then it would inevitably end with both of the girls discovering that he was dating two people at the same moment and somebody would dump a bowl of spaghetti on his head. Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of episodes ended with... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Water or some and, kind of food being dumped on Jack's head. Right. And Akiva, a typical plot line would be then, oh, that a, a bowl of spaghetti uh, gets dumped on Jack. And then uh, one of the girls hears him say that, oh, I have a, a limp noodle. And then it starts a, a whole different conversation about uh, a different misunderstanding. Right. Well, I mean, that was yeah, they're- much different than what we saw in this episode. Being of horny, that. Mrs. Roper, the the landlord's yes. wife, is the yes. horniest character in TV history. It appears. Well, she is incredibly horny, specifically for Mr. Roper, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who is, you know, clearly a stud. Yes, I urge anybody who hasn't seen the show to look up Mr. Roper right now. <laughs> and Mrs. Roper, yeah, and Mrs. Roper, and Mr. Roper never wants to have sex with his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It never even occurs to him to have sex with his wife. My theory, if you really want to dive deep, yeah. is that Mr. Roper is um, latently gay. Hmm. Oh, that has always been my theory. And that's theory. why he has so much resentment uh, towards, uh, towards Jack. Or the, towards Jack. Yeah. Jack, he is obsessed with Jack, with Jack 
homosexuality or a supposed homosexuality. It's like an American beauty type situation. Yes, exactly. Mr. Roper's always doing the limp wrist and to make fun of Jack and mock him. But he's very focused on Jack's sex life and not at all on sex with his own wife. I think Mr. Roper and Kevin Spacey might get along. So I like the American <laughs> Beauty comparison. <laughs> so, Akiva, now, uh, the Ropers are the landlord here in Three's Company in the early days. Mm-hmm. But l- later on, there will be a new landlord who takes over the building. Mr. Furley, played by the uh, great Don Knotts. Scott, uh, are you more of a Mr. Furley guy or you're a Ropers guy? You know, as a kid, I was definitely more on the Mr. Furley train Mm -hmm. um, because he is just so hilarious. Don Knotts is a genius and I still love Mr. Furley, but, and he's such a big character, but as I got older, I think I grew to appreciate Mr. Roper more and more. Now I'm a Roper guy. When he turns and looks right into camera Mm -hmm. as he did this episode, Every episode, there's a point where he makes fun of either Jack or Mrs. Roper, and then he turns right into, looks right into camera. (laughs) Breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Breaks the fourth wall, just pierces right into my soul (laughs) and smiles. And it's the creepiest slash greatest. I can't, to this day, I watched the episode last night and I was laughing out loud. Yeah. Mr. Roper. I, too, I think was a Mr. Furley guy uh, growing up and or Mr. Furley kid uh, growing up. And I have not had the experience to go back and rewatch this as as an adult. So I I can't say if I would say the same. But Akiva, uh, Mr. Furley, that uh, I I think I could just watch a clip of him on YouTube right now. I think I'd be hysterical. Was he was he hateful like Mr. Roper? Because Mr. Roper. Appears to is he extremely racist and anti basically everything, Mister Roper? Because well, I don't think there were any other races in this show. There's some extras. One of the <laughs> occasionally is somebody of a different. I don't race know if we have the body have of work role. here. Yeah, because he, he but early he, in the episode, Scott, he says like, you know, those people who love money and just count their money, and uh, I'm like, whoa, yeah. where's he going with this? And then his wife's like, you mean landlords? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he there wasn't a lot of talk about any specific race or religion. It, he's just a very conservative guy, not politically, just in terms of, um, I guess, just sex. Yes, That's and, much, and also a fiscal conservative. Also, <laughs> yes, very cheap, very stingy. Now, Mister Furley, on the other hand, also super horny. <laughs> Can't get <laughs> also trying to get laid constantly <laughs> and never succeeding. He is not hateful. He doesn't really, it kind of varies. Like it, when he first comes on, the story is that his brother owns that has bought the building for Mr. Roper for uh, Bart Furley. Yeah. And he was the one who was maintaining these strict rules uh, about Jack could only live there because he was gay. Yeah. And therefore the there least. would be no, Hanky panky, mm-hmm. and Mister Furley wasn't as married to that concept, but it depended really on the plot of each episode. How sometimes Mister Furley would be very strict about that. The, they still had to maintain the illusion 
to Mr. Furley that Jack was gay. Because you'd get a great Mr. Furley uh, blow up if he thought something was uh, going on and uh, he would like lose his mind about things. So uh, that was always very fun to watch. Now, Akiva, do you know why that there was uh, a switch up from the Ropers to Mr. Furley? Yeah, this is crazy. I did read about this. So they it was such a popular show uh, and they decided to make a spinoff of the Ropers which I think a comedy of two like septuagenarians is un- <laughs> yeah. un- unthinkable outside maybe like TV land in 2019. But back then it was, they were not agents. They, I feel like this was, uh, this was, you know, normal. And uh, Scott, I assume you were a big fan of the show, but you were the only big fan of this show. That's my guess. Were you the Ropers? Ropers? Yeah, we did, was the Ropers? I know nothing about the actual Ropers show. Was it a success? Okay. Here's if I will tell you about the Ropers. <laughs> And I did watch it, but it wasn't like a Three's Company to me. I watched it sort of out of loyalty, and occasionally some Three's Company people would show up on it. But when it started, it was a hit because it was on right after Three's Company. And Mm -hmm. in those days, if you were on after, people kept the TV tune. There were only a handful of channels. The ratings were great. And just to back up for a second, it's sort of interesting at least to me, is that Three's Company was based on a British series called uh, Man About the House. Okay. Which was a big hit. Man About the House had a spinoff of their Roper's characters. The spinoff was called George and Mildred, also a big hit. So the Roper's was based on George and Mildred, <laughs> even though this this is now Stanley and Helen Roper, and Mr. Roper, the actor, Norman Fell, did not want to do it. He knew this was going to be a big mistake. And his attitude was, hey, I've finally gotten onto a hit TV show. I don't want to leave it. Mm-hmm. They talked him into leaving, but only he got them to agree to the condition that if the Ropers was canceled within one year, they would come back to Three's Company. Well, it was a big hit in its first sort of handful of episodes. Then for season two, they moved it to a different night, totally tanked. Nobody watched it. They canceled it slightly more than a year after it debuted. Mm. And by then, Reese Company had Mr. Furley, who was a superstar, and Mr. Roper was out a lot. Yeah, I think Mr. Furley, probably one of the most successful sitcom recasting decisions in the history of the genre. Is that fair? Absolutely. I'd put him up there with like Woody from Cheers. Yeah, because a lot of times that's sort of like the beginning of the end, like a major recasting. But I think it breathed uh, a lot of new life into the show. And I think that uh, Mr. Furley might even be more iconic than uh, the Ropers, uh, you know, as we are this far away from the show. Definitely. And, you know, Three's Company had a lot of recasting. Chrissy was we can get into that, but she was replaced twice, you know, or the that that role uh you know chrissy left and then it was her cousin cindy and then it was another roommate named terry there was a blonde roommate Mm -hmm. had to be a blonde uh, for me every era was great like there was no loss in quality chrissy was a great character i wouldn't say that the others were as great of characters but the show had really found itself by then and season three episode seven you know rob you were talking about the misunderstandings and the sexual innuendos. We saw a little bit of that in this season three episode when the Ropers were at home and Mr. Roper was looking over his budget 
And he said, well, it's going to, we're going to have to cut a lot of expenses, but we're going to make it. And she says, what Stanley? And he goes, I said, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, he and gets all goes, horned oh, up. Stanley, yeah. do you mean it? Yeah. I thought they were going to have sex. Was that a euphemism <laughs> even in this, in like 1979? Yes. Okay. Making it, making it. There was, a, there was even a show called a, a movie and TV show called making it. Wow. But yeah, making it was like making love. And then he said something like, yeah, but you're going to have to help. You know, it's all these. Well, that's sort of what the show became <laughs> like for a whole half hour as it mm-hmm. evolved was all these misunderstandings of somebody saying one thing and then um, it becoming the whole series. Yeah. Like Chrissy is uh, making something for lunch and uh, says that she has a bun in the oven and then everybody is reacting for an episode to the news that Chrissy is pregnant. Yes. And there was an episode like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Absolutely. There's probably seven episodes like that. There's a classic scene where they're putting up a curtain rod and Mr. Roper or Mr. Furley is outside the door as Jack and one of the girls is saying, you know, I can't fit it in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's going to be so great when it gets in. <laughs> Try folding it. <laughs> and then it's always on the person listening and their befuddled reaction. <laughs> um, we have not talked about a character that did not appear in the season three, episode seven that we watched. Uh, Larry, who is sort of the super horny wingman of Jack Tripper that by comparison normalizes uh, Jack Tripper. Did you know about this character, Kiva? No, because he doesn't appear in the episode. So there's a is he a is he a series regular or is he sort of yeah. the chief guest star? No, he, yes, he well he started out you know guest star and then recurring and worked his way up to yeah. regular. And Scott, is it fair to say he is like a live action version of uh, Family Guy's Quagmire without the yeah. giggity? Yes, he is. That's a good observation. He's the Quagmire prototype. Yeah, <laughs> Larry. Larry will have sex with anything that moves. <laughs> Yeah, Larry is a bachelor. He's living uh, in the apartment above them, right? <laughs> and and he too is always constantly getting laid. Yeah, and Akiva, Google Larry from Three's Company. Like, if, like imagine Larry in your mind based on what we're saying, and then Google okay. a picture of Larry from Three's Company, and okay. uh, like you know that just the. The, the the actual guy does not really fit the image of classical ladies man. <laughs> he's a playboy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this episode very, that we very watched very much a Greg Brady type. <laughs> this episode is yeah, you're right. It's not very representative of the series. There's no Larry. Mm-hmm. And Larry becomes a key part and like you said he does kind of normalize Jack. I mean Larry is uh I mean I guess Quagmire is not like a good-looking guy, right? But uh, you know, this uh this is uh that's not, true. Not who I pictured. Yeah, it's this, you know, the swing in 70s and Larry is there to uh, re- represent all that. Now, uh, Scott, just in terms of the logistics, uh, there is a bar <laughs> that they hang yeah. out at constantly called the the yes. Regal Beagle. Uh, and in true, like how I met your mother fashion of like, a, is the bar attached to the apartment complex? Well, I believe the bar is kind of across the street-ish. Mm-hmm. It's never really specified. In fact, the logistics of the building itself change over the years. <laughs> yeah, how so? I be- well, I, when the show started, there was just the two apartments. Mm-hmm. It was just the Ropers, and they had an apartment above them. 
Okay. That they rented out. And that was kind of how they could dictate <laughs> these rules. Yeah. I don't know if that was legal then or not, but that there could be no sex in the apartment above them. Yeah. Just as there would be no sex in their own apartment. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, Larry was established as living above Jack and Janet and Chrissy. And as the show progressed, other neighbors became introduced and it became more of an apartment complex. Mm -hmm. But we never see, occasionally we see the outside steps and hallway, not hallway, but the outside kind of walkway, I guess, between the Roper's apartment and the main character's apartments. But that's all we see of this building. Mm. So they can pretty much make it whatever they want. At a certain point, it's like, oh, yeah, the you know, the hot chick in apartment 408. Mm-hmm. You know, is there's then Lana. I don't know if you remember Lana is a neighbor who is a cast member for about a year. She's a like a cougar. Okay. Before there were cougars, she is a 40 something, I guess, which in those in TV terms is ancient old lady who, um, is super horny and all and wants Jack. Yeah. And Jack, who's super horny, basically wants to have sex with anybody but Lana. Mm-hmm. He is not interested in Lana for some reason. Yes. Uh, no two characters can uh, be into each other at the same time. I think that's one of the mandates of Three's Company. And by the way, if Jack or Janet or Chrissy, even within the three of them, or Terry or Cindy, if they ever think that one of the others is having sex, it's a scandal. Mm -hmm. Even in that, among those 20-somethings, it's like, you know, it's a big problem. They they are not approving of any any person that any of the other three ever meet. Can I ask a question? So Suzanne Somers leaves, leaves this show at a certain point. And does she is this her most famous role? Because she's a famous yes. person, but I don't know what she's yes. famous for. Did she become a movie star? Well, she was a, no, I mean she's been in. She was in American Graffiti. She, but she went on to do a couple more successful shows. Uh, she's the sheriff. Yeah, don't, and step. Don't by forget step. about the thigh master and the thigh master. Right, and she became a kind of fitness celebrity mm-hmm. with her thigh master. And I know Step by Step was part of TGIF for years, but this is definitely her most famous yeah. role. Well, let's talk about this because this gets very contentious. And I, I think that this is a, a fascinating thing to sort of uh, explore the contract issues that ended up plaguing uh, Three's Company after its initial success. Scott, can you sort of like walk us through what's going on there? Well, Suzanne Summers became a breakout star. Chrissy was a great character. And as the show proceeded, from what I understand and what I've read, and yes, I've read extensively on this subject, um, her husband was her manager. Mm. And her husband is kind of a local celebrity here in L.A. or was at the time, did like some local broadcasting and was a spokesperson for some supermarkets here in L.A., but this was his big thing. Suzanne Summers' career was taking off. And I think he was also like many years older than her, if mm-hmm. that adds any any color to the story. And he started to tell her that she was the big star and she should get more money than everybody else. 
And of course, if you're watching the show, Chrissy's great, but really the star is Jack Tripper, John, the great John Ritter, mm-hmm. the late great, who, who yeah, one of the funniest guys of all time. And that's really what, you know, when I think of Three's Company, I'm a Jack Tripper guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. was my hero as a kid and so funny. He's so physical. He could do anything. But in the meantime, Chrissy, Suzanne Summers is starting to demand more money. I think it might have even been before the contracts were up and it got very contentious to the point where she wasn't coming into work. Right. Holding out, Keith. She was holding Mm. out for more money and the producers or the network were very much uh, of the opinion that she was a nobody and they could do this show without her and they don't need her. And this is very topical now because there's uh, so much talk about equal pay, uh, not just in Hollywood, but for men and women in uh, all, all different occupations. Did she want more money than John Ritter or was she being underpaid compared to John Ritter? I think it's both. Now, I'm not 100% positive because I didn't research this recently. Yeah, we sprung this on you. She just tweeted, uh, not just, but I, I just saw her tweet from a few years ago. It was three decades ago when I was fired from Three's Company for asking to be paid equal to what the top men were making. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously, well, obviously, she could be, you know, 30 years later, she could be saying whatever she wants. It might be a little revisionist. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I know that she, you know, the show was built around John Ritter. And they felt, however right or wrong that Janet and Chrissy weren't going to make as much money. Now, from what I've read, she was asking then for more money than John Ritter. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I think it's a little of both. And I certainly think she probably did deserve more money, but it's the way that she went about it, I think, that really bugged people because everybody felt that here the show is doing so well, we're, we've got this hit on our hands, and here's Suzanne Summers kind of derailing us mm-hmm. because she won't come into work and she won't be a team player. Obviously I wasn't there. I don't know right. how she was treated. She, and I believe that probably the producers were, you know, a bunch of old guys who probably didn't respect women as much as uh, a human being should. Right. So I, I'm sure there was merit to her claim, but she really kind of went to 11 with it. You know, from what I understand and what I've read, a lot of it was driven by her husband mm-hmm. slash manager saying, you're the star. There's posters of you now. You know, when they want to do a magazine cover, they want you right in the middle. You know, you're the star. You should be getting the most money. And we're not going to go in. We're just going to hold out. And so it became this kind of game of... Uh, of chicken, I guess, where, where who was going to blink first. Right. And what ended up happening at first was that they just said, okay, we're going to go ahead and not have Chrissy on a lot of these episodes. And she will be come. Her character is visiting home or helping a sick relative. And she will have a call in at the end of each episode. They gave a lot of her dialogue and her, character traits to Mr. Furley. So if you notice, if you ever do rewatch, and I could do a Three's Company podcast the way you guys did Seinfeld, (laughs) I could go through every episode. Mr. Furley does evolve. In the beginning, he is a bit more of a hard ass. He's super horny, but he's also more strict in the beginning. When Chrissy is leaving, a lot of her 
kind of dumb character, the naive character, gets transferred onto Mr. Furley. Mm-hmm. And he evolves from there. And he's written, she's written out of those episodes. Mr. Furley gets a lot of her dialogue. And every episode now ends with Chrissy calling from home for one scene and having some little banter with Janet on the phone. Mm-hmm. And those scenes were, things had gotten so contentious that the scenes with Chrissy on the phone were shot on a separate soundstage Mm -hmm. because they couldn't have her in the same studio. Like uh, the Juliana Margulies show did that a few years ago. Um, Who was was fighting on that show? Uh, Who was the other female lead? They couldn't be in the same room. People only realized afterwards, like, hey, they they were never in the same room again. Um, Christine Baranski? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but can, Rob, can you guess? Uh, so, so Suzanne Summers wants a big pay jump. Can you guess what she was making per episode and what John Ritter was making? Uh, per I episode? think that he was getting like one fifty an episode. I think she was getting like thirty k an episode. Yes, yes. But the one thing to uh, add to what Scott was saying in terms of outrageous demands, supposedly she also wanted ten percent of the show's profits, which I guess was because even if an actor asking for one percent is usually laughed at. So. I, I maybe that's why it was uh, really she was asking for more than what John Ritter was making. There you go. Yeah, that might be the case. No doubt he was making a lot more, and they should have made the the two women should have made more. But I think that her demands somehow were yeah. viewed as way too outrageous, and the tactics were way too hardball. And so then they introduced Cindy, Chrissy's cousin, mm-hmm. but they were still doing the calls from Chrissy and still kind of hoping Chrissy would come back, yeah. but it never, they ended up firing her. Right. And th- she ends up having a huge falling out with uh, Joyce DeWitt from what I read where Scott, th- th- that her and uh, Chrissy, uh, Joyce DeWitt and Suzanne Summers, they don't speak for like 20 years after the show. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Mm-hmm. Somehow John Ritter kept in touch with her. Yeah. John Ritter was supposedly the, the, the nicest guy. Right. And, Really tried to keep things together, but yeah, um, but yeah, Janet and Chrissy had a falling out, which is very sad. Okay, yeah, Suzanne Summers had some sort of show, and then I think uh, eventually um, Janet comes on the show in like 2012, and they they make amends. <laughs> <laughs> well, Suzanne Summers uh, didn't work for a long time too. Yeah, she got blackballed because I think yeah. because no, everybody thought she was trouble. Yeah. So this was really bad for her career. But then in comes Cindy. Uh, Cindy's thing was that she was uh, clumsy. If Chrissy was kind of dumb, Cindy was clumsy Mm -hmm. and a little dumb. But that didn't really take. And then the following season, they brought in Terry. Yeah. And they kept Cindy around for another year, but she wasn't a roommate. Yeah, And Terry, Terry was the nurse, right? Yes, okay. Nurse Terry. Yes. She was neither dumb nor clumsy. She was just another person living in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she was a sexy blonde, much like Chrissy. But yeah, she didn't have, her character wasn't distinctive like that. Mm-hmm. But many of my favorite episodes are from the, the Terry era. Why? And not to do with Terry. They're just very Jack Tripper heavy. And by that point, the show had really discovered its formula 
for really ridiculous mm-hmm. misunderstandings. Okay, they're really pushing the envelope as we get towards uh, seasons uh, six, seven, and eight, the Terry era. Yeah. Okay. So, how does Three's company ultimately end? I know they have a, they have a spinoff. Does it uh, sort of like limp to the finish? No, it's all planned. They planned. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna sort of self cancel or you know with the network. Okay, well, Three's company the ratings are starting to fade, but they were still good, good enough to warrant another spinoff again based on from the British show had its spinoff mm-hmm. again. So it's based on that one. It was called Robin's nest because Jack Tripper, the character in England was named Robin. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is Jack moves in. He meets a flight attendant named Vicky. Jack famously afraid of flying came up in a few episodes and he meets this uh, cute flight attendant who helps calm his nerves and charms him. And they start dating and they fall in love. And at toward the, this is all happening on Three's company. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of building up to the next series at the end of season eight. And simultaneously, they're kind of working out some other, they're working out an ending for Janet where she falls in love with somebody and gets married on the series finale. Mm-hmm. And then this inspires Jack to ask Vicky to marry him. Oh, and yes. So Vic, so toward the end of the series, Jack has proposed to Vicky and Vicky says no. And Jack is heartbroken. And Vicky explains that her parents are divorced and she is not sure if she wants to get married because the divorce was so traumatic for her. And she's not sure if people should get married or not without living together first. So she wants to live together. Mm-hmm. And Jack suddenly becomes just as prude as everybody else. And he doesn't want to live with her without getting married. Yeah. So this is a conflict toward the end. And ultimately, they he does decide to live with her and take the plunge. And on the finale of Three's Company, Janet gets married. Terry goes off to move to Hawaii mm-hmm. to be a nurse in Hawaii. And Jack goes to move in with Vicky nearby. And we learn that we've also met Vicky's father, who hates Jack, of course. He's a stuffy, rich guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, looks down on Jack, thinks Vicky could do a lot better. And he wants to try to do everything he can to sabotage their relationship. Meanwhile... Jack and Vicky are going to move into the apartment above Jack's restaurant. We haven't mentioned this whole time. Akiva, I don't know if you even knew Jack was a chef. Yes. Oh, and I had no idea. I didn't know that uh, that changes everything. <laughs> Jack is- yes. This is why he often ended up with different foods on mm-hmm. him. Oh. So he's in the beginning of the series. He's in cooking school. Then he's he's working at different restaurants. Eventually, he opens his own restaurant. And called Jack's Bistro, and there's a, an apartment Great above name. it. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Furley comes up with the name. Uh, that's the topic of a whole episode. And they they move into this apartment and discover, as, as soon as they move in, that Vicky's father has bought the building. Hence, Three's a Crowd mm-hmm. is the name of the new series, 
where Jack and Vicky are living together, but their father, their father has the key and is always uh, meddling in their lives. I think it lasted one mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Maybe two, but I, I, I think one. And um, of course I watched every episode. <laughs> I loved it because it was Jack Tripper. Right. The secret sauce the wasn't fir- there. What's awesome is no, the, the lost all the spark of what made three's company work as a series at the greatest thing is that when they first move in together, and this is in the three's company finale, there's a whole scene like the last 15, 20 minutes is them preparing to get in bed together for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Jack is nervous. And Jack who's been horny, the whole series of three's company is doing everything he can to avoid getting in the bed with Vicky. Hmm. He's, he's like folding his pajamas very slowly. He's, and she's in like a sexy negligee just waiting for him and he he won't he yeah. won't get in the bed. But it, it is eventually he conquers his fear and it is implied that they are just full on doing it constantly during the series of threes a crowd the worldview of threes company really seems to be that the the more you want sex from another person the the less the other person would want it that the but if you maybe neg the other person sky (laughs) that could be the way to really thrive in the threes company world it works for mr roper because mrs roper i've never seen a woman hornier for her for her husband can we can i posit a theory (laughs) scott is it is it possible that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Roper have never consummated their marriage? It is not possible because there are at least two episodes that I can think of where they actually do it. Ah, Then again, we don't we don't see it. Yeah. No, they don't have kids. Mm. We don't see it happen, yeah. so maybe maybe it didn't happen, but there are a couple times where where Mr. Furley decides like, eh, Okay, I'm going to do this. Or he feels like he's feeling very manly. Yes. And he's like, guess what, Helen? Tonight's the night. And, oh, Stanley! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they do do it. But that is not a, that is, you know, a, a reasonable question. Okay. So let's t- touch on this uh, season three, episode seven yeah. that we that we, that we ended up watching, and uh, let, let's. I don't know that I've convinced anybody who hasn't seen Three's Company to no, check but this it was good. This was a, this was a, a, a great catch up about Three's Company for uh, Akiva and people who uh, just have a blind spot here for Three's Company, and so all right, season three, episode seven uh, is really all about how. Uh, Jack, Janet, and Chrissy are at the Regal Beagle, and well, what is the, what is the best way to describe uh, this encounter that they have? Some some sort of a missionary of some sort of uh, religion slash like cult. A, yeah, it's like a religion cult. You know, at the time, uh, the late seventies, there was a lot of talk of the Harry Krishna. Yes. And I think that this was based on Hare Krishna, which was a a religious group that would uh, dress in these kind of flowing robes and have their hair up or have their hair shaved. And they would go around. You would see them at airports back in the days before there was all this airport security. Um, Or wherever you went, they might be just hanging out asking for money. Right. Yeah. 
or trying to recruit you into the group. I don't know if I ever saw this in my real life, but I feel like uh, growing up and watching a lot of media in uh, the early yeah. 80s, I feel like like the Muppets joked around about this uh, quite a bit, and I feel like oh, they yes. pop up in a lot of different uh, TV shows. Uh, Akiva, do you, yeah, do you feel like uh, that the cult life has uh, really taken a backseat to uh, all of the other sort of different fanaticisms these days? You don't, you don't see a lot of cult uh, plots on cults are sort of hot. Netflix did a big cult series, but I, I feel like you don't. There aren't a lot of cult plots on sitcoms or or even in dramas nowadays. Yeah, you know, cults need a better publicist. I feel like cults cults could have a day maybe in twenty twenty. They could come back. Yeah, I feel like cults are out and more sort of like online conspiracy groups are in. Yeah, or maybe cults are like more organized. They're not called cults. They're called something else. Oh, they've rebranded. Yeah. Or they don't need to be as visible thanks to the internet. Okay, so you could sort of just uh, check in with them. <laughs> and so uh, Chrissy ends up having this encounter with them. And she she's in a, a bit of a dark place, uh, a, a rare depressed day for Chrissy. And uh, she has this encounter with Rama Magish, who is the leader mm-hmm. of this cult. And uh, he's able to raise her spirits, even though... That Jack and Janet are have some trepidations about uh, Rama Magish. Yes, can can we talk about Rama Magish's outfit? Sure. Mm. I would really, I really hope people look this episode up because what he's got. He first of all, his chest complete, hairy chest completely exposed, yeah. except for the medallion. He's got a, a real hairy kind of Krishna. <laughs> yes, an early version of a sort of man bun. And then he's got this sort of yellowish robe type thing going on, but with this enormous pink crotch uh, hammock. <laughs> would you? How would you describe? It's like a crotch bandana, right? And it's enormous, right? Uh, he looks like that. He should be like hanging out with uh, Khan in terms of like uh, <laughs> being. <laughs> Being part of uh, his his whole army taking on uh, the Enterprise, I think Khan would have just been like, "Let's leave this guy down on uh, Genesis Seti Alpha yeah. Five or whatever the heck that was." Sorry, Keith. Yeah, put him on Genesis before you press the button. Yeah. Is it Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, this is Star Trek. This is one of the only areas of Star Trek. Yeah, I know. Uh, we see the <laughs> Ropers uh, pop in, and uh, is this awkward to potentially be hanging out at the Regal Beagle, and then you're landlord also pops in for uh, their date night you would think i mean i you know in all the apartments i lived in in my life i avoided my landlords like the plague Mm. (laughs) but on three's company they are constantly at the regal beagle and often they're all there uh it's apparently the only place to go yeah (laughs) in that area in santa monica (laughs) you know there's not much going on (laughs) In Santa Monica, not a lot of choices mm-hmm. of food or drink. Isn't it their anniversary, the Ropers also? Like, isn't this where he's taken her for their anniversary? Because she wants something special? I, is mm. it? Uh, I kind of miss... I know that she was talking about splurging on something yeah. special. So maybe it was their anniversary. Yeah. Uh, he, Mr. Roper's also down. He's uh, getting uh, an audit, uh, which really... D- d- <laughs> Does not really pay off in the episode. <laughs> no, has nothing. Very little pays off. Like, why is Chrissy depressed? Yeah. 
She says she is. And that, her depression, that existential crisis she's in is never really addressed because she thinks she solved it with this, you know, phony cult leader. But in the end, as we'll see, that's exposed as a scam. Mm -hmm. It's never, after that, it's never mentioned. Yes. Never remarked upon. It's a real that she was word depressed. salad uh, at the beginning of the episode. She's talking about she's depressed because uh, that she has nothing to be depressed about. And so then Jack is trying to give her bad news and tell her something depressing to make her <laughs> feel happy because she's depressed. Uh, it's the whole thing makes it, it makes uh, no sense. But anyway, so it ends up that uh, Rama McGee has recruited Chrissy to join the cult and uh keep it they have a whole i i guess uh what what would you call this that they're uh the the cult's hangout is at big sur combine compound Compound. combine is when they when you run the 40 yard day yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah that's where the compound is set up at at big sur and so chrissy's gonna move in to uh big sur to go uh follow the uh, peace and love uh, dished out by uh, Rama Magish. Peace and love be with yes. you. Uh, and Chrissy is going to end up uh, take, withdrawing her entire life savings, $327, to <laughs> hand off to Rama Magish at Big Sur. Uh, can we, by the way, just pause there and talk about their money situation? Yeah. Which is all, it's a constant theme in, in Three's Company. They need money. Their rent is $300 and they have to gather that up. But they also seem to share their money. Hmm. Do you remember in the beginning of the yes. episode when the cult first comes around asking for money and Chrissy wants to give them Janet's, the money from Janet's wallet, which is $4 yeah, or and so. that's all their and money. Janet, Janet says, first says, that's all the money I have. And then Jack is later like, that's our money that she mm-hmm. gave. This is a constant theme on Three's Company that, I mean, I've had roommates in the yeah. past. We never... Joint bank account? Like, you have a joint on, bank account? They, on Three's Company, they buy the groceries together. Every, like, they just pool their money together. Mm-hmm. This makes yeah. no sense to Although, me. I have to say that I have been uh, in some, like, destitute living situations uh, in my past, yeah. like in college. And it was like, sure. uh, there would be situations where, okay, Tuesday night is, you know, $2.75 pitchers. So, our, our goal for the day is to, you know, scrounge together $3 so that we can uh, go out drinking tonight. So... Uh, that if things are that sure, are that okay. dire, I, I think you are looking to the other people in your living situation. Okay, so there you go, and that's what's going on, and that's why this three hundred twenty-seven dollars, which I got to figure in twenty nineteen money, is something like I don't know a thousand dollars. Yeah, probably uh, maybe like uh, fifteen hundred even from uh, okay. nineteen eighty uh, or so. But all right, so. Rama Magish is going to come to pick up Chrissy, but not before they have uh, one very fateful encounter at the uh, at the house after Jack and Janet pretend to leave the apartment. Uh, Scott, things got real with Rama Magish. Yeah, yeah, we learned a lot. It turns out Rama doesn't just want her money, which is what Jack and Janet mm-hmm. were suspecting. Yeah, not just a con man, which he did. Yeah. He did want her money, and he is a con man, and which he admitted to Jack. Yeah. He kind of glossed over that. 
uh, when Chrissy was out of the room, he basically said, you know, she'll never believe it. So, but I'll admit it to you. But yeah, Rama basically wants to sexually assault Chrissy. Yeah. Would is that a fair way of putting it? Uh, yes, yes. He wants to. He's he's trying to force himself. He's trying to seduce her, but then when that doesn't really work, he's going to force himself. On. Right, right. He is the leader of the cult. She is like a recruit. That uh, there's a, a asymmetrical power dynamic. Certainly, Akiva, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So I, it got real. It was not fun. No, it, interestingly, now the, this guy who plays Rama Magish appears three seasons later as a different uh, character. We know that from yeah. covering Seinfeld. So, yeah, I, I guess it's every series that goes for like eight seasons. It's just the casting director calling up people they like. Yeah, but he, the character he plays three seasons later is a very similar character. <laughs> who is a dance instructor who convinces Janet that she's a brilliant dancer and Janet's going to quit her job to become a dancer and really he just wants to have sex with yeah. Janet. <laughs> Scott, it's the same exact it, plot. Yeah, is, is that a similar theme in <laughs> Three's Company where basically like any new person they meet is some sort of like a predator <laughs> in sheep's clothing? Uh, many yeah. are. Many are predators, but many, you know, there are there are uh, many archetypes that, that come. Some might be not predators, right. but they, they, they want... They want one of the main characters, but the other, they're not, it's not reciprocated. Right. Like, hey, gr- they may not force themselves. They may just be like, how do I get rid of this person who won't stop asking me for dates? Right. Anytime one of the people comes home with, hey, great news. I just met blank and they have this <laughs> yeah. opportunity for me. Uh, it's never <laughs> great. Jeffrey Tambor appears three or four times as different characters who's always... Mm-hmm. The same. He always wants uh, one of the girls. Right. <laughs> hey, great news, guys. I just met this uh, this guy, Akiva, and he says he's going to give me a podcast on the 32 Fans Network. Right. Like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Tambor would never. I'm, I'm hey. not a Tambor guy, so I'm, I'm, I'm anti-Tambor. I, I, I think he got canceled this year anyway, didn't he? Yeah, he got me too. He got light canceled. I feel light like canceled. Yeah. light. Canceled. I mean, yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, he's. It, yeah, but he was. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of his as an. He actor. didn't get full on canceled. Uh, no, yeah, there was some some odd things he said, mm-hmm. or people felt made people feel uncomfortable yeah. or something. Okay, but he. Uh, right. Yeah, I think once he's a dentist, once he's a just a super rich guy who won't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Usually, when they meet, come back, and you know, I met a, a soap opera star. Oh, I met a really nice dentist. Whoever it is, it's usually bad yeah. news. That, that's most sitcoms, also. Like any, you know, uh, Say by the Bell or any any of these shows where they meet some some person of prominence. Uh, it, it's never quite as good as what they expect it to be. So, Akiva, did we get any questions from the listeners about Three's Company or anything in the mailbag? Not really. People just said this episode. Eh. Yeah, not not thrilled. Uh, well, that's the thing when you first contact me because I'm a huge Three's Company fan, as as has been made painfully clear. And I I was like, oh, which one? I don't. I know it by the title, mm-hmm. but I don't know it by season three, episode yeah. seven. So I I was very excited to talk about Three's Company, and I googled the episode. Uh, yeah. What I mean, are you gonna do? I like. I remembered the episode. I remembered Rama Magish. I knew, you know, 
it's not that I don't like it, but I was like, that's not really, there's no great Jack Tripper moments. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's nothing about him being gay. <laughs> there's, there's no giant misunderstanding. Yeah. All right. Well, Scott, as a TV writer, I thought it might be fun to, since we have you here, could we work on, you know, everything gets rebooted. Could we work on a 2019 reboot of Three's Company? What would we need to do to turn Three's Company back into something that could be put onto the ABC lineup for... 2019 or maybe we go right to netflix with this you know it doesn't have to be sure you know we, we can be out, outside of the box keep do you think that the world is ready for three's company the new reboot yeah i just i i don't think you have the pretend gay thing so what is the big hook it could that's the thing do we go you, politics do we so go crucial. like what if they're what if they're uh they're in like uh they're in like berkeley california mm-hmm. and 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 the guy is a Trump supporter pretending not to be a Trump supporter? Uh, I feel like that that it's uh, not as uh, farcical uh, if we go in that direction. I I, th- mm-hmm. I could definitely see. I feel like that's a different show, but I feel like that that's not going to necessarily capture Three's company. What, what do you think, Scott? I I would I would almost I I kind of agree. It's not. I don't know if we need to get too far into politics because then it wouldn't really be Three's company. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pretty political guy, but but not not with this show. I I think almost now that I think about it, the attitudes and perceptions of being gay have changed so much for the better since this show aired. And this show was never anti-gay, but it had a lot of characters who trafficked in gay stereotypes. Yeah. You know, the the central message of the show or not message, but theme was like, you know. If he's gay, there's nothing wrong. You know, who cares? Jack wasn't afraid to be considered gay, which was a, a good thing, I think. What if he had to pretend to be gay for a positive reason? Mm. Yeah. You know, so I'm not I'm trying to think of what that reason yeah. is. I mean, I think you could but, completely flip the whole thing around where maybe is there some sort of like uh housing where everybody there is gay and the land and the landlord is gay but i feel like that then it's still i think that's that still show's a getting canceled before yeah that's it canceled is, yeah um it's it's very touchy hmm, yeah you know full disclosure my my buddy steve ag and i who is a steve's a semi-known comedian yes or i'll say very i love him uh, we were working on and still occasionally do talk about a Three's Company prequel yes. series. Um, so that's a, but that's a whole other, that's not a reboot of, oh. it's about Jack Tripper's life yeah. before Three's so Company. So do you think, would, would that help this now if it's set in, uh, you know, 1970? Uh, does I mean, yeah. Is it really a reboot if we're keeping it in the 70s? Mm. Though? Yeah. You know, like, look at, say, One Day at a Time, they rebooted that. It's completely, you know, contemporary. Most shows, they want to bring it into, what if the same thing was happening now? Hmm. But I think with this plot, I don't know (laughs) how to make it work without it being at a time. I mean, it's such a weird dichotomy, the idea that it worked (laughs) at all, that there was a guy, there was a landlord who wouldn't, 
who was so anti-sex mm-hmm. and anti-gay, but not so anti-gay that a gay person couldn't live with him. Mm-hmm. It, it was very confusing. So yeah. does he ever find out that, that Jack isn't gay in the series? No. <laughs> Mr. Furley finds out in the finale. Yes. What, how does he react? But he, but he, well, he doesn't find out that he's been duped all along. Jack kind of tells him like, Hey, I'm moving in with Vicky. And he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, yeah, but there's only one bedroom. He's like, well, where are you going to sleep, Jack? <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> he's, and uh, Jack's like in the bed with Vicky. And he's like, what? <gasps> oh, Jack. He treats it like this great news, this transformation. And, and Jack's like, you taught me everything I know, RF, you know, Mr. Mm-hmm. Furley. So Jack portrays it as that he is, Mr. Furley has influenced yes. him and inspired him to give up being yes. gay. Okay. So it's not like, you know, oh, we were lying to you this okay. whole time. Have, have you guys Mr. ever, not woke. have you guys ever been told no. similar to Three's Company that you couldn't room with somebody for a specific reason, you know, whether it was like a short time or a long term? Because I just thought of one. Hmm. I I went on a no. my, my grandparents took my sister and I on a on a Caribbean cruise. I had to ditch out on high school for a week, and we we get to the we get to like the cruise ship rooms, and they're like, "Oh, you and your sister, who clearly we clearly want the room together. I didn't want to room with my grandpa." Uh, they're like, "You guys can't room together because it'll look like untoward." I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, "What?" People will like think. How old were uh, you? I was a sophomore in high school, so my sister was a seventh grader. And they're like, wow, yeah, that's, were, that, that's, that, that says a lot about your grandparents. I know. Well, I'm going no to see for dinner in, in a few hours. I should ask them about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it was, and I thought it was insane then. And I'm like, well, and, and my wife's like, I don't want to see like grandma, but I don't want to like, I don't want to like room with her for a week. And, uh, and that was it. She, she was stuck. We had the, I had the room with our grandparents, but maybe this was a thing back from like when they grew up that it was like very specific rules on who could room together. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Could we do that? Uh, Could we work with that in terms of we, like, uh, like, is it like a college dorm in our threes company? I mean, we have like an older person or, or vice versa, where it's some sort of like a senior citizen community. And then there's like a young person, like a young Jack Tripper who oh, yeah. need that for some reason. And, and the senior housing is very expensive. But for, for whatever reason, there's like an extra room in uh, these uh, two uh, septuagenarians, uh, women that are sharing some sort of a uh, a room at the uh, senior living community. I feel like that we got something potentially here, Scott. That could be something, yeah. and then and ever, and uh, the other seniors are very judgmental until they find out that Jack is gay. <laughs> when then they think like because they're very progressive minded, you know, like oh well, that's lovely. <laughs> He's a nice young gay man, and so clearly there's nothing untoward going on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he. What if he really is gay? Uh, that, that we we drop anybody pretending to be gay. Well, but then you're like, what is the <laughs> what? Know. How is this three? <laughs> maybe it's, also, it's you have two old people instead of you know young people with all these. But kind the of, old people are Suzanne Summers and Joyce Dewitt. Oh, now okay. you're on to <laughs> right. something. Now you can ring that back. Yeah. Okay. If they if, if the original Janet and Chrissy take in a young gay mm-hmm. man. Yeah. <laughs> then we're kind of in that we're at least in the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I it's so fun because 
you know, I watched a lot of these shows. I was also huge into Bosom Buddies. Yes. Where, you know, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari had to live in an all-women's uh, building, so they had to disguise themselves as women. You know, I could see a show where somebody had to disguise themselves as old. But what I was really watching Bosom Buddies for was the characters that Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari play. The reason I was watching Three's Company the most was Jack Tripper himself was hilarious. And it really, when you really break down the show, clearly it makes no mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> but Three's Company, I think, was a show that was com- almost completely, especially once we lost Chrissy, riding on the charisma and talent of John Ritter. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to remake it, it's almost like it's like when they made a Three Stooges mm-hmm. movie. It was like, that's not those aren't the Three Stooges. Right. <laughs> those are just three guys. Can I also add one thing about the architecture of the apartment? And because it seems to me like uh, I don't know how more people didn't break a neck in this apartment where that you walk into the Three's Company apartment and then there's a step down. And then also mm-hmm. to get to like the back bedroom, Jack's bedroom, there's a, there's a step up. Now, Keith, I know once upon a time Kramer once dreamt of an apartment with steps, but yes. Scott, that I I don't know how more people just didn't kill themselves getting in and out of this apartment. That would have made a great yeah. episode. And I think from a, <laughs> from a, as a young child watching the show, that I felt like, oh, is this because like the guy's name is Jack Tripper? Is there is this a coincidence yes. that he's tr- tripping and that there he does trip a lot? The step, the the step down, like one foot after you walk into the door, like uh, how how are more people not falling over this? Well, the apartment has very unique physics <laughs> to it. I mean, I don't know if you noticed in this uh, episode we watched, but Jack and Janet are able to have a very you know private full volume yes, conversation yes. about Chrissy when she's about maybe four feet away from them, but with her back turned. And that's a very common occurrence on three's company. Just what are we going to do about Chrissy when she's three feet away? Or they, when they sneak into the kitchen mm-hmm. when they sneak back in to spy on Chrissy and Rama McGeesh, they're making all sorts of noise in the kitchen. It's none of it is picked up one room away. In the mm-hmm. living room. Has uh, Three's Company missed out on the uh, big streaming service bonanza uh, that uh, Netflix, yes. Hulu, none of these uh, streaming services have really picked up? Is that a Three's Company issue or have most of the shows of the 70s been largely ignored by the streaming sites? Mm, that's a good question. Because at first I did think, well, yeah, maybe they sort of weird issues about it and the the strange treatment of homosexuality right. has just made it sort of not worth it for uh, a lot of streamers. But then again, I, you're right. I don't see shows of this era. That being said, also on- the shows of the eighties, Akiva, I feel like, you know, that, you know, the Seinfeld and friends and, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, a, a big shelf life on these uh, streaming service, but, I, I mean, the 80s hits. But those are the 90s, Yeah, no, 80s right? hits, I feel really? like, don't even uh, show up anywhere. I mean, it's Cheers. I think Cheers shows up, I think. It, um, it definitely hasn't had a while. rebirth, Cheers. Cheers has not really had a big a big decade. Um, I think so. It's an ABC show. 
Um, I guess maybe Disney Plus. Maybe they're going to go big on uh, you know the, the new Disney <laughs> streaming site. Maybe they'll they'll push some of the that. old uh, uh, ABC sitcoms from this. We'll get a lot of like Brady's Bunch. I think is ABC and Three's Company, and uh, it'll be back. You know, to people. To kids who kind of came up in the 90s, yeah, Brady Bunch used to be on constantly, and it's nowhere now. I mean, the, I think it's it's hard to, you can't understate how huge Three's Company was and how omnipresent it was. And this is before streaming and before, you know, a basic everybody had basic cable. You would see Three's Company reruns in syndication everywhere all the time. And then it became a staple on TV land for many years. But now it's kind of relegated to, I actually, I believe it's on Logo speaking, which is a, a gay-oriented network. Mm. But I my DVR picks up Three's Company reruns from Logo mm. now. But uh, you don't see it. It's It seems to just be uh, a relic. Yeah. Okay. It's not <laughs> nobody's. That's, well, that's what we're here for. It's a tragedy. Yeah. We're here for the relics, okay. Scott. Any, anything else? Three's company related? You want to talk about, or or any uh, anything else uh, outside of the realm of the Regal Beagle? What outside? I, I mean, I can, I just want to stress: if you want to watch Three's Company, if if this has inspired anybody, please let you know that some of the later seasons, the post Chrissy stuff. It's all about Jack, mm-hmm. and he. I can't stress how amazing John Ritter was. His talent, his timing, his delivery, his little physical bits that he would do. You just it. It doesn't get any better. There's an amazing episode. Uh, I think called the party or no, called Up in the Air, where he. That's everybody who loves Three's Company. It's their favorite episode where he, uh, because he's afraid of flying, he's being flown to a private island for a party, and he a fancy party, and he takes these tranquilizers mm-hmm. that result in an amazing dance sequence that he does at this party. I just can't recommend it enough. And like I said, Steve, uh, AG, and I were writing this prequel, and it was around the time John Ritter passed away, and we became so depressed about it that we, we stopped working on this script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though John Ritter would be too old to play the part, but um, we're constantly talking about finishing our, our threes company prequel script. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, yeah. I, all I can say is that I am very thankful that I was the right age. You know, I was a kid when threes company was on and I just remember <laughs> watching it at six and seven on channel mm-hmm. 11 and Tuesdays at nine on ABC and all the great memories watching it with my grandmother of all people. That was the one thing that we both would laugh yeah. at. Just like uh, uproarious laughter. Scott, can I tell you one of my other favorite John Ritter things was the, the uh, 1992 film Stay Tuned. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you ever see this movie? <laughs> yeah, no, what? I've never heard movie. of it even. Okay. Yeah, so basically that John Ritter is is a dad. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. He's married to uh, Pam Dauber of uh, Mork and Mindy fame. And he is basically, he gets like a crazy satellite dish on on, on the roof. And mm-hmm. then somehow I believe then the devil is involved. I think played by Eugene Levy uh, is the, is he, is, is <laughs> yeah. he the devil or, or, it's a, or, or, or the principal from, no, or, or is it the principal from Ferris Bueller is the, is the devil. Oh, I yeah. think it might be that guy, Jeffrey yes. Jones. Uh, 
He's yeah, definitely been cancelled. Yes, yes, Eugene he was Levy is, is in it. I don't know what he, what role he plays. <laughs> don't Google it's Jeffrey okay. Jones. He'll get depressed. He, and he gets like a satellite dish, but then his family like gets sucked into the TV, and then they go into a bunch of different like uh, like uh, sitcom type sketches. Uh, like uh, it's very trippy now that I'm, yeah. I'm talking about it, but I think it's sort of like. Um, uh, that they're in like uh, crazy game shows and sitcoms and like they basically like that that somebody is like changing the channel and then they end up going into the world of whatever channel they get flipped to. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. John Ritter. So <laughs> there's also a movie called Skin Deep from the eight, yes. late 80s that has a very famous scene that people seem to love where he was wearing a glow in the dark condom. <laughs> And the lights are off for the scene, so it's just the condom. Okay, Kiva, put it in the in the crappy movie crappy diaper. Movie diaper. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right, well, Scott. Thank you so much for joining thank us you, to Scott. talk about all of this uh, threes uh, company farce. Thank you for having me, and thank you to Nina Stoddard for recommending me. I love Three's Company. I'm so glad it came up yes. on your wheel. Do you have a pitch for us for anything that should be put into the fishbowl for another? Season three, episode seven to talk about soon. Or in any number of years. Ooh. Um, gosh. All my shows are from the you know, that era. Mm-hmm. What Bosom Buddies? So, you mentioned Bosom, Bosom Buddies. Buddies. It only went two seasons. Oh. <laughs> Bosom funny. Buddies only went two seasons. Yes. Um, you know, you mentioned Mork and Mindy. Classic. Okay. Can I my my um, wife's stepfather, when I, we were at her house two weeks ago, was just sitting on his computer watching Mork and Mindy. So maybe it holds up. Well, that's a guy I'd like to be. <laughs> a binge? <laughs> was he I binging think he was Mork, binging and, Mork Mindy? and Mindy. And then he was watching a movie called Hellboy. I don't know what that is. He's got weird taste. Mm. Hellboy. Well, those are not related yeah, at no, all. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know what might be really interesting to do a season three, episode seven? It's not a... It's not a uh, like the shows you've done before, but Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that was that was in the fishbowl, and then it got kicked. It. Was yeah, that, and then it voted out. Yeah, it okay. Out. It wasn't a great episode. Also, it wasn't it's like because, a great guest. Oh, really? Okay. I was just gonna say that the topical stuff <laughs> would be so like foreign to us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Scott is on Twitter. You can find him. He is at Scott Chernoff. Any, anything else you want to tell people to check out? Uh, oh, so many projects in mm-hmm. showbiz. Now, there's another podcast that I just did. So, uh, if it's, I don't believe it's competition for you, Rob. Um, I don't know when it's going to go up yes. soon. It's, it's about Star okay. Wars. I, I don't know if I mentioned earlier that I used to work for Star Wars. I'm a big Star yes. Wars fan. I used to write for and edit the official Star Wars fan magazine. And uh, I was uh, recently interviewed for a podcast called Around the Galaxy. Okay. Um, So look for that. Just search for the uh, Around the Galaxy podcast. Around the Galaxy. I believe the one with me should come out soon. If you were so delighted by me rambling on about Three's Company, you can hear me ramble on about Star Wars and my experiences working for the magazine and the publications and going on the set of the movies and interviewing all the star wars uh 
creatures and people. Okay. All right, Scott. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Yes, that's right. Time to talk about the wheel. And so weird to not be talking about a real physical crumbly wheel to not have people telling us in uh, th- in person about uh, that we should be birding or anything like that, Keith. Yeah, if you haven't seen, if you only listen to the live podcast, you must check out the incredible real wheel. We should have gotten better pictures of it and put it on social media. But mm-hmm. Jim Crumley, a great listener, made it. I don't even know how he fit in his car. It was like a gigantic wheel that was I like think he built a, it, it like he had all the pieces and then had to rebuild it once he got there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he's a physicist. He's a really smart guy. And he built us a giant wheel that was incredible that uh Sadly, the wheel was sort of, uh, you know, season three, episode seven was such a Goliath last week that mm-hmm. it was pretty, you know, it was basically over 50 percent. It was going to land on it. But uh, it, it would be cool to have that every week. That was that was that amazing. Was impressive. You should check that out on YouTube if you haven't. And then I also want to give a shout out to uh, Will and Courtney Thrasher, the Thrashers, yes. who uh, were uh, fantastic to see in person. And maybe they uh, will or will not appear on the oral history of the sleepover podcast. But so. Courtney was very sweet and she wanted to uh, send uh, send something to Nicole for, you know, having patience of us uh, being gone for Renap Live last week. So she sent a very nice uh, T-shirt to Nicole about how I'm in a better mood after I go boxing. And then I was not expecting a, a present for myself, which I will now have in the studio. And do you know about this, Keeve? Yeah, I got it, too. Can you? Can you maybe tweet it out when we when we tweet it when we post okay. this episode? Because I was going to tweet sure. it out. Sure. But I, uh, so let's... I I asked her for permission and she got back to All me. All right. So I it'll be a surprise. So go to go mm-hmm. to go to Twitter uh, after this episode is up, and then you will see the uh, photo. It's worth it. It's great. The photo that was sent to us by uh, by Courtney Will and Courtney. Although I will say Courtney, who also wrote a very nice note, she sent a T-shirt to me. I don't think that was for my wife. So you know, yeah. I, I, so uh, I, my Mary, I think, would have been much happier if. Uh, yeah. You know, if she got a shirt now, now she's going to be offended. I'm I got kidding. a T-shirt also. I wasn't sure if the, the T-shirt was of significance or if it was just to be wrapped around the photo so that the glass wouldn't break. I think it was her like family's uh, basketball team or something. OK. All right. I wasn't I wasn't sure. All right. Akiv. So let's yeah. talk about what we are potentially putting on the wheel this week. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot of good ideas. Um, let's start with one that I, I once I'd say once every two months I read an idea and I'm 95 percent sure it's going straight on the wheel. Right. And I think this is one of them. This is from a frequent submitter named Syrup Guy. Yes. Joel. Joel. Joel, the Syrup Guy. And 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 he says when when this spot comes up on the wheel, it's called Robin Akiva Better Attend, famously from our theme song. Depend, well, depending on which version you listen to. Right. Robin Akiva go on RottenTomatoes.com and they see what the worst rated movie that is currently in theaters. That week, Robin Akiva must leave the house, which is a, a knock against every idea. And we will attend that movie and then recap on the next episode. Emoji movie style. Okay. So Robin Akiva have to attend a movie in theaters. And so we will be doing it will be like the crappy movie diaper, but for current movies. Yeah. So. All right. Let's talk this through. So I mm-hmm. love the idea. I definitely yeah. want to do it. I just want to talk about the mechanism potentially of okay. how to make it work. Of so 
like the worst rated movie might be, you know, not of interest as there might be a new release that is getting bad reviews, but isn't the worst Rotten Tomatoes rated film. I think uh, so. I, I looked at the uh, at the last bunch of weeks to see what would we what would we have done had we selected this in the last month or two. Right. I think it's it has to be a movie that's co- that's commonly in theaters because it would have to be we both have to have access to it without like driving two hours away. Um, so, for instance, right now, the only movie in, there's only a few movies that are rotten in the there's a tomato is good on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. and Snowflake. What would you call it? Is that a snowflake? Hey, well, it, 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 <laughs> don't call me a snowflake, Akiva. Uh, anything under, I believe, 60 percent is is not fresh, is rotten. Yeah. Um, and so the only movies that are in that category, right, actually the number one movie, The Lion King's 53%. Uh, Aladdin is at 56, so two pretty similar ideas. And then Stuber, the Dave Bautista from WWE and Kumail Nanjiani uh, a, a cop, buddy cop movie is at 43%. So that is the worst movie in the top 10 currently in theater. So what, you what's the movie? What's the name of the movie? Stuber. It's it's oh, I yeah, think yeah, the character's yeah. name yeah. is Stu and he drives an Uber. Great name, Stuber. Yeah. Um I, all right, forty-three percent. I believe that is the movie we'd see if this hypothetically were to come up on the wheel this week, which it can't because it's a new uh idea. Would you be happy if we were going to see Stuber? No, not particularly, but I just want to like just uh, just tweak the mechanism a little bit of like let's uh, the, agree up, mutually agreed upon not fresh movie at the theaters as opposed to yeah. And every uh, week we could sort of we could check in if 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 we so desire and see what that movie is to to spice it up. Um, Men in Black Two would have been the movie for or Men in Black International. That might be Men in Black Four or something. Mm-hmm. Would would be the movie for the last um, bunch of weeks. That would have been a good now, one to do. That would have been. Yeah, a good but now one. now that's uh, now that's you know pretty much out of theaters. Okay. Uh, and also and also the uh, X Men movie was was really low down on twenty three percent actually yeah. the worst of all. I feel like that movies. would not have been a great one to do. Too beloved. No, because I've never seen the first ten. Well, I don't think it's beloved. I think maybe the franchise is beloved. The film at twenty three percent probably not. But but either way, yeah. Put it, put it on the wheel. Yeah, great job, uh, Syrup Guy. And now, yeah, that that could be on for next week. And who knows what we'll get. And it'll be fun to see, like, what gets panned. And no one-week waiting period for that one? No, 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 it does. It does have a waiting period. Okay. I'm saying next week, you know, right now would be Stuber or or maybe Men in Black if we could find a theater. Um, right. But there uh, might be knows, something that's going to be opening up yes, that weekend. Or, yeah, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. Be huge. exciting. Which bad movies we have to dodge. Right. Okay. So, all right. I, I like that one. Can I Can I give you one? Yes, please. Okay. And again, I, I feel like that this is a no-brainer, and for whatever reason, it just is not on the wheel. But we had this on the live show wheel, but the hot takeoff should be on the wheel. Get Liana, uh, yeah, I, get the hot mm-hmm. takes. That should be mm-hmm. on the wheel. Yeah, the only thing that people suggested is what if we tweak the hot takeoff a little to be a future prediction contest, where people come on and make predictions of things that are going to happen in the next year, and then, like, the winner gets something. That's just a different podcast to me. Okay. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Hot Takeoff, I agree. Hot Takeoff is, uh, should, we probably should have been done done it at this point, yeah. you know, 45 episodes in or whatever. Right. So, yeah, put that on the wheel, too. So, like, future prediction is, like, uh, by the by the year 2030, there'll be a Starbucks on Mars, okay? And then we're saying, like, uh, no way. I was like, uh, I could see it. Uh, but, you know, this is, uh, in terms of a Hot, hot Takeoff, uh, that's like saying uh, New York Super Fudge is the best Ben and Jerry's flavor. Uh, like, uh, okay, well now mm. this is 
All right, this is that's not a prediction. Well, because we, this is already the waiting room, the 2020 prediction game. So we can do that. Uh, but we said we'd I think we'd wait until December to put that on the wheel. Right, right. All right, so, so there we go. Hot takeoff. We got two things off, on the wheel. Get, Li- get Liana on hold. And then my only other issue here is, should it be a hot take bracket? Should we work on, like, advancing the, like, should, do we need to have, like, because we've done brackets with Liana also. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, is it, I, I'm not saying yes or no. Is it fun to hear the same hot take five times? Hmm. You know, if we have a 32 or 64 or yeah. 120. All right, you know, so. Hot takeoff, and then I think we're still trying to like uh, maybe okay. tweak the mechanism. Maybe of, Liana's a smart person; she had probably has a good idea for us. Also, right? Uh, so, is is there any other sort of like tournament uh, rather than a bracket, or uh, is this like best ball hot take? Yeah, skins game like in golf. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, I guess we're, maybe should we award it? Is, is that what we did originally? We gave it a scale of one to ten, and that was the yeah, problem. We, yeah, we, we were the judges. We were there was you know. Well, I think we need a, a person reading it also, and then we're the three judges. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So hot takes should be on the wheel. Okay. Uh, all right. We have a few people who want to put uh, different types of mechanisms into play because they don't think this podcast famously is complicated enough. Okay. So this is called Robin Akiva Complicate Things from the Bryce is Right. He said, this is a far out there idea. In a world where there's this, in a world where there's a sequel mechanism, a crappy movie diaper and a live show wheel. The podcast is still far too simple. He's put together a bag of tricks with many different ways to complicate the podcast even further. Uh, and here are some examples. One is called the psychic. Bef- right before you spin the wheel, Rob will guess what the wheel lands on. And then he spins it. If the wheel lands on what Rob shows, Rob is confirmed the psychic and the wheel is immediately spun again. But if the wheel is spun a second time and it lands on the same spot, Rob is a witch. And then you are a confirmed witch for the rest of the podcast run. Well, what's the point of this? How is this even an episode idea? It's not an episode. It's it's just a, it's just something we do during the the wheel spin every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to guess what it's going to be, and if you guess right, you do it again, and if you guess right twice, you're a witch. Well, then I, I should always guess something that I don't want to do. It's like I'd be tipping off my veto because then if if what I guess yeah, is yeah, no, but you're guessing what's going to happen, not what you want to happen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like a mock draft. It's like um, okay. And this you is, want to be a witch? No, this is an anecdote, uh, not something that we need to okay. do. Who's uh, who's sending uh, this in? Bryce is right. He also says, "Second Life: A Wheel Within the Wheel of Rejected uh, Ideas from the Wheel." I feel like they were rejected for a reason. Right. Uh, well, but this is actually interesting. His third idea is not bad. What if there was a spot on the wheel called People's Choice, uh, and when it landed, it's turned over to a public vote via Twitter for next week's podcast? Okay, I like this idea. So I think yeah. that what we should do for People's Choice. But then we should spin the wheel three times. So four times because you get four poll options on Twitter, right? You get four poll options. Do we want? Oh, but you want? Three. Yeah, I feel okay, like three. Okay, that is... makes sense. I was think I was just I was wondering how we cut down from like ten, twelve, fifteen ideas to four. But you're saying just spin it three times, and those three. I think that's a very good idea. Okay. I think that could. I think it could even go on right now because it's not a technical idea. Okay. I think so that could be people's choice. This, yeah, people's choice. Wow. There, I like we, that. The wheel's on fire this week. I guess because we had so much, yeah. like, uh, basically, like, 10 days since the last time we uh, talked about anything. We also uh, cleared out the wheel. Actually, and, more more like two weeks. Yeah. Season 3, Episode 7 has no spots this coming week. So this is was going to be, or really still will be, the smallest wheel since we started the podcast. Or maybe week two or something. Okay. 
It's a oh. very it's there's because there's only the crappy movie diaper has two spots and there's only like eight ten things on on the actual wheel. This no, week. you're way off. There's a ton of things on the wheel. No, you're gonna have to move them. I'm telling you, it's 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 a small oh, wheel. Oh, because of the, there's two Ali Lasher shows that are also ineligible. So it's it's a pretty okay. small wheel. Okay. So all right. Uh, so season three, episode seven. You're saying is zero, not even zero. One. Yeah. So it goes zero. from zero to two. No, zero one two. Okay, fine. It has a week where it's one. All right. Now, Rob, we got a ton of ideas wanting to duplicate our not yet heard Canadian shows are trash or and the Ali Lasher led MTV shows are trash. A lot of people suggesting different channels or different um, uh, show types where we would watch multiple shows with a guest and uh, and, you know, instead of focusing on one specific show. Got it. So let me tell you some of them. Matt R says, what about Nickelodeon game shows are trash? Sticking to the concept where you watch a few shows, you watch Double Dare, Legends of the Temple, and Guts, uh, and, and uh, you watch those three shows, and you can make fun of their poor decisions that the kids make, what, say what you would have done differently. Do you want to watch MTV games, Nickelodeon, excuse me, game shows? Hmm. Not really. Uh, I feel I, like that we have a little... My, I'll tell you my fear with it yeah. now that we've done this so many times. You're not going to be able to get a good quality. Like, you'll be able to find something on YouTube, but you're going to get it for like a very grainy quality of these shows. It's not like there's DVD box sets of, you know, global guts or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. How many of these things are we going to have? Uh, so I feel like right now we have Canadian shows are trash. Uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, uh, do we have infomercials are trash? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that. Let's uh, wait to get through a few of these before we start. Like, oh, right. so I won't. I won't. Right. I won't uh, pitch littering the, the wheel a, with other. But uh, are you yeah. give me you want to give us the other ones. Be a separate. Uh, well, there's uh, TLC, which I think we've discussed. Yeah, those comes, HGTV was. What we're excuse talking. me. HG. No. Well, that there's separate ones. Yes. HGTV. We've discussed. That's like House Hunters and Fix It or Leave It or something like that. That sounds interesting, but maybe we'll, that we'll put that in the waiting room. We'll wait until we yeah. do uh, Canadian shows. Uh, also, TLC shows are trash. My beloved Night Day Day Fiance and shows like that. Uh, I think in, in due time, I think we can do that stuff. But we, there's no need to have like five different channels on the wheel right now, I guess. Okay. Uh, a- uh, Avery also pitched the good one. Uh, YouTube shows are trash. She yeah. says she's young enough to have grown up with YouTube being a big source of media. There's so much awful content, uh, but some of it's highly produced. For this contest, con- for this podcast, uh, Comcast, Robin Akiva would pre-watch four videos showing the vast amount of content on YouTube. She'll provide us as much background information as we need. Uh, the four channels she picked were the LeBrant family, which is a YouTube family that makes millions of dollars exploiting their six-year-old daughter with their demo being young kids. Maybe we could show our kids that, uh, right. that um, clip. A drama channel. She would pick the, if it was right now, the latest drama within the YouTube beauty community because the drama's plenty and lots of channels are devoted to explaining. So there's separate channels that just explain the drama. The Dober brothers are young adults that are maybe the stupidest people ever. They make videos flexing their mansion, expensive cars, etc., and do lots of challenges uh, on their channel. Their most Uh, recent videos. I'm out. I'm out. You're not. You don't want to watch YouTube videos. No. Sorry, Avery. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's all right. Um, And and look, if the listeners are like, Rob, you're an idiot. You are missing out. Here's why. Please. Come mm-hmm. at me. Tell, tell me. Yeah. Tell me why. Tell, uh, tell me why I'm wrong. Because I'm, I'm not, stu- you know, dug in on this. I'm just saying, like, the, I, I'm hearing the idea. I'm hearing uh, a bunch of things, and I'm not getting excited. Okay. Uh, Katie says, uh, Carl the Musician will forever live in our hearts, and it's time to continue giving back to the Craigslist community. Yeah. Podcasts these days are filled with Joe Rogan nabbing specialists in every field. 
and people trying to outdo one another with the best celebrities. Inspired by Carl the Musician and Joe Rogan, I propose the Carl's Fish Tank. Listeners can write in uh, with suggestions for specialist careers or talented people. Then we put an ad out on Craigslist for someone in that field to come on a podcast and share their expertise. It's not always the best people with the best banter that endear our hearts. It's the calls of the world. Hmm. For example, one idea in the Carl's Fish Tank could be someone who knows a lot about birding, a tax specialist, or a zookeeper. We have many zookeepers, by the way, in the uh, RJP community. Okay. Um, the uh, listeners can buy, they can, they can put in specialties that maybe that's a subwheel, and we pick from the Carl's Fish Tank, we have a fish tank, um, and select a, a, a city at random to advertise in that Craigslist market. Oh, so we are basically looking for an expert on Craigslist for a podcast. Okay, so this, I like this idea. Mm-hmm. So... Can I, can I finish what she said? Okay, sure. She said, what could go wrong? Honestly, a lot. You could <laughs> do the not a serious felon check by seeing if they have a LinkedIn after advertising. By the way, thank you to all the listeners. No serial killer showed up in Minnesota after yes. we specifically asked them not to. I appreciate that. Uh, they may not be the best and or flaky. However, I'm confident in the ways of the knowledge base inside the realm of Craigslist. Okay. Here's what I, I'm willing to do because I, I like this type of random idea. I, I, so many people said to me, why didn't you have the the nude sketch muse come to the live show? Uh, that would have been yeah. so great. Why did Akiva ruin that idea? I said, I, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask mm-hmm. him, but I think he was uncomfortable. I mean, in the end, history, history was kind to... It wasn't that I was uncomfortable. I thought it was... It's still ultimately a podcast. It was a little visual. I don't think... I think, first of all, there were multiple children there. We had to, like, pull jokes that were too inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we could have had a nude model. We were going to have him be nude. Then why is he there? Uh, we were going to ask him about, about the, you know, what, what, what is that like? How many questions do we... I mean, it would have been a funny bit. That would have been a good segment, like our yeah. second guest after Laurel or something. Yeah. That would have been funny. It would have been good. Okay. But that being said, so we are looking for a, a a a specialist and a city. So we're looking for somebody like hypothetically, if we were going to talk to. Uh, all right, let's let's talk to somebody who works in uh, you know uh, a, a a malt shop in mm-hmm. Des Moines. Uh, yeah, so plumber in Cincinnati. I okay. Was thinking. All right. Yeah. And so I think that we could have a budget on this that I, I think that I could uh, take that hundred dollars from shut up, Tim, and flip it. And then mm. we could pay twenty five dollars to four different people on Craigslist that will pay okay. them twenty five dollars mm-hmm. if they will appear on the podcast to. So it's a paid appearance. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good idea. So I so people, why don't people uh, tweeted us their suggestions this week yeah. for jobs they want to hear from 15 minute interview yeah. looking for an expert and mm-hmm. then uh tell us if any like if there's anything wrong with this do you i mean do we want to we want to put this on the wheel right now do you want to wait a couple weeks and get our four experts no let's just w- talk this through for next week in case anybody has any ways to improve this any yeah. like uh if Aisha, the ombudsperson, says, whoa, 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 we're not doing this. You know, just, I, I think that this is one rife with complications. Yeah, I agree. I, I, th- I, I, th- I think this is going to work. I think this is a good idea. Um, I, I like, uh, I like yeah. this idea. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll have some surprises in tow. I think, yeah, four, about four this, experts. Yeah. Keeve, do we want alliteration? Do we want like a... Uh, a taxidermist in Tallahassee. Yes, yes, yes. It has to be alliterative. <laughs> so if you're, yes, if you want, you pick the profession. That's more important. We'll worry about the city. But yes, if you want like a, you know, a tree cutter, it's got to be from Tuscaloosa or Tallahassee or something like that. Okay. 
Great, great. Uber uh, driver in Utah. So, well, that's not really alliterative. Yeah. I don't know. It's Can not- we also put a Craigslist czar out on in, in charge of this? Because yes, please. Yes. Yeah. please apply to be our Craigslist czar. Yeah. You could be in charge. Of you know, that less I, work. For us. Well, it's my PayPal account. But, you know, I would uh, really appreciate it if we had somebody who was uh, our mayor of Craigslist. That's a good idea. OK. Uh, one more thing that I have here. Uh, if you listen to the live show, you know that we changed two people's life at the live show, Rob. Yes. The, uh, Multiple we, people. Uh, I mean, everyone who's there, I would say their life has changed for the better. Um, and, and really, our life was changed by meeting the Aston Villa soccer players, those, the, the soccer fans. Those guys were great. Um, but we set up a couple. Erin was our uh, best friend bachelorette. And we set her up after... Uh, uh, we, we gave her three candidates and she chose a guy named Brett. Yeah. And they are now best friends for the rest of their I lives. Mean, yeah, I believe we chose. Yeah, that's true. We we did. Uh, you, me and Sunday Berkowitz chose. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point we have to check in and make sure they're still being best friends. Yeah. Months down the road, though, right? Months down the road. Yes. But yeah. I did uh, just snag Aaron's phone number so we can surprise her whenever it is in a few weeks, in a few months, whenever we feel the uh, urge to check in with her uh, without her warning. Okay. All right. And she has to answer her phone from now until we call, no matter who it is, just in case it's us. <laughs> just in case it's us. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. A- anything else? A- any other housekeeping? Uh, oh, oh, yes. One more thing. Um, we had discussed a month ago. I know people think I'm all too wedding obsessed. Uh, the listener who wanted us to come to her wedding in Missouri said, if we want, Rob, we can send two listeners. She will be happy for them to attend her wedding. Uh, and so I got to thinking and I was wondering, is there anything we could do to not just have two listeners go to a wedding, which isn't in, in and of itself a full episode, but could we send them on some sort of chase in Missouri? Like we have a couple listeners reach out who live there and say we could do some activity like they have to do a scavenger hunt or they have to go to their house and, you know, a few different houses and we'll send them basically on a mission. Do you hmm. think there's something there? I think I think it's interesting. We will have to act relatively soon because I assume this wedding is soon. in the next month or two. Okay. Why don't we l- table it for a week and let the listeners pontificate on yes. what what we could yes. potentially do? Yes, because the, the, the bride is willing and people are willing to go. So if we have an idea, I think we there's something there, but it's not a fully f- uh, fleshed out idea yet. Okay. All right. Let's talk about what we have on the wheel right now for episode number 44, which is coming up. Our uh, Jason Isringhausen episode of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. And so uh, here we have no season three, episode seven. We do have a coin flip. We have the Oregon Trail. Infomercials are trash, although... I will say I, I do believe that uh, Eric Stein uh, might be unavailable. We we could probably work it out, but I think his schedule might be a little iffy right now. Uh, Royal Rumble is still out there. Mm-hmm. The- By the way, huge ovation. When you mentioned Royal Rumble at the Renap Live show, it got a much bigger ovation well, than any, any a lot other of hype. Time. Big pop, yeah. crowd favorite, crappy mm-hmm. movie diaper slash hat that has two spots. Okay, we have uh, Millennials Killed It. That's still in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. What about the census? I believe it's in the mix. The okay. something happened to Taylor Cotter, and I didn't, I didn't you know, hear about it. I think it's still there. Okay, we have the sequel mechanism, which is Stans versus Ops. There's no yeah. other sequel that is currently greenlit. Correct. By the way, Akiva, the, mm-hmm. I know you don't keep up with the Big Brother 21, 
But there was a whole segment on Big Brother 21 this past week where one of the contestants, this girl, Kat, said that she loves conspiracies and she was citing a number of the conspiracies that she mm-hmm. loves, including the conspiracy about how Avril Lavigne was replaced by her double. Yeah, I uh, I'm only sort of loosely following the show, but we got just dozens of tweets immediately. Yes. Antonio Mazzara must have thought like, oh, I'm canceled right now. Like his phone must have blown up because it came out of nowhere. I went to the bathroom. I came back 30 seconds later. I had 24 notifications. I'm like, something happened. What mm-hmm. did Rob release an episode that I don't even remember recording? It didn't make any sense. And yes, it was uh, it was because she started spouting out conspiracy theories. Now, in all seriousness, uh, so Conspirapod 2 was released on June 23rd, 2019. I do believe mm-hmm. that the... Big Brother contestants were in sequester at that point, mm-hmm. or were they? Find yeah, out on Conspiracy Pod Three. Are they allowed to listen to the podcast when they're in sequester? Probably I would not, doubt right? it. I would doubt it. Okay, I would doubt that. And they would were... they have listened to that one? I, I, right. I sincerely. Some don't. of the Big Brother contestants <laughs> might have listened to uh, an not episode of Rob as a podcast, uh, but uh, not that contestant. They probably. And I, I would, I would say it's more likely that you know Avril Lavigne has died four times than she listened to one episode <laughs> of this podcast. Okay, then we also have uh, Mount Rushmore. Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore is in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then is, is there a guest on Mount Rushmore? Uh, not not as of yet. I mean, we might need one, but we don't have a specific person. Okay. All right. Then uh, we have the Millennial Judge. Nope. Is, that's, no, that's, that's uh, out. Okay. Yeah, Millennial Judge and the Roast are, are on hiatus right okay. now. Hiatus right. probably for all of August. Canadian shows are trash. Uh, is still out there. And then Better Attend, is that on the wheel for this week? Uh, next week. Okay, all right. So it's it's on the wheel, cannot be chosen. Hot takeoff, on the wheel, Same cannot thing. be chosen. But People's Choice can. Yes, People's Choice can be taken because it's not an idea. It's just a concept. All right, Keeve. So we've got our wheel. And boy, the wheel is beautiful right now. Everything is very evenly distributed. Yeah, I like when it's even versus when one spot just takes over the whole wheel. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful pinwheel this week of a variety of colors. And so let's go ahead and uh, spin the wheel. I'm not going to make a prediction because I'm not a witch. Mm-hmm. Okay. All yeah. right. Let's let's get our, into this week's wheel spin for episode number 44 of Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. All right, Keeve. Here we go. And looks like we will have a guest, assuming that Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz is available. Millennials mm-hmm. killed it. Okay, we're going to find out all the things that millennials have killed. Or canceled. Yeah. Yeah. A lot That's of things. Lot yeah, of she's things. got a whole list. I think she's got her whole, uh, her whole thing prepared. All right. So we will be back, hopefully, with uh, Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz to talk about that. And so if people have other suggestions for things mm-hmm. that they want to talk about how millennials ended up uh, doing away with. So you can go ahead and send those in to needapodcast at robhasawebsite.com, renap at robhasawebsite.com, or seinfeld at postshow recaps. Keeve, should, mm-hmm. we, should we do some reviews? We haven't done reviews in a while. We didn't do any reviews at the live show. Uh, yeah, that would have been like boring. Yeah, let's do them now. Yeah. 
So what we should have done was that we should have had people come up live and give their review of the episode. That would have been funny. Yeah, you should have thought of that two weeks ago. That is a funny idea. (laughs) We'll think of that for the... I thought the live mailbag worked well. There weren't, like, I was afraid someone was going to say something, like, really cringy or something. The live mailbag... I don't think we put anything on the wheel, but the ideas were well, pretty Well, somebody solid. could say something cringy, but I think then we, when we react to it, I think it's still, it's still fine. The, the good thing about this podcast, even, even when something is, is something good happens and it's good and something bad happens, it's good. That's true. But yeah, no, it, I, the live mailbag actually worked well. Yeah, very good. Okay. All right. So, Akiva, let's get to some reviews. And we have one from, uh, actually, no reviews since the live show. Uh, this one says, uh, brings a smile to my face. I can't write down how much I love this podcast to give it justice. Rob and Akiva are so great together. It's just so random. Mm-hmm. It's then, random that we're great or the podcast? Is yeah, great. I guess so. Oh, we got a four-star review. You want to hear that? No, I don't. I mean, yes, but this person's in big trouble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is four stars. Love it. Well, if you love it, why is it four stars? Uh, yeah. It took my brother two weeks to call me back and Akiva responded to my Twitter comment within a few hours. So that's the thing. Great mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Maybe had I responded sooner, because a lot of times I'll respond in 10 seconds, then mm-hmm. he would have given us five stars. Yeah, Kiva's very responsive. Yeah, I'm good at, uh, you know what it is? I feel like, I, it's like, I, I don't know if it's like an OCD thing, but I just don't, I, I don't like having like unanswered emails or unanswered tweets or something. So if I'm getting to it, it's right away. Okay. All right. Very responsive guy. Uh, Kiva, a- a- anything else you want to discuss? No, um, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm already, I'm already psyched for summer 2020. Robin Kiva live in Boise, Idaho, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. I like the, I like the wheel. I like the bracket where we pick instead of the wheel. First of all, like the Mets are only playing in one or two places we could go to. You know, we're not. But we don't. I don't think we have to follow the Mets, do we? Uh, you don't want to. That's not a, a part of a thing to go to a Mets. I mean, it is part of, but like, with you know, we can't just be uh, like subservient to that. Like the Mets, maybe you know, there's only gonna be a week or two right. where it's gonna be an option. Yeah. And then who knows, maybe the Mets will be home or they'll be in uh, like a lame city. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I just thought that, that could be a selling point for uh, no, any for given sure place. It could be. And, but one Met game also, not two Met games. <laughs> I think the two, is, two is overkill. Yeah, and preferably places with a dome because it gets uh, muggy. I, I don't, I really, you could tell, like I really don't get outside much because I was so uncomfortable and it was like 77 degrees mm-hmm. and I'd like walk around the stadium a few times, like just not be, it was so hot then uh, at the game that whenever the shade hit us, there was an ovation in the crowd. Yeah. I've never seen like an act of God be, be cheered before, but it was literally people were cheering for wind. It was so mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, if people want to go and uh, check out a uh, Starlet's web show uh, yes. coming up in the uh, next couple of weeks, uh, Starlet's web is going to be at the Iron County Fair on August 2nd. Uh, and then at the fifth annual Devil's Lake Rock Fest in Devil's Lake, North Dakota on August 9th. Oh, check them out. If someone goes and lets us know how uh, how that was. Okay. All right. Keith, mm-hmm. anything else? No, uh, it's great to be back in the uh, in, in the in the, uh, you know, Skype universe. It was nice to see you in person, but leaving the house was a lot. I think we should only do it once a year. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Great to get to catch up with uh, you and Chester in real life and great to be back on the podcast. Uh, We had so much fun meeting so many of our listeners in Minnesota. And uh, thanks again for listening this week. We'll be back to talk about what the millennials have ruined here on the next episode of Robin Akiva. Need a podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.